this is Kerry Williams, and welcome to today's Daily Spiritual Startup. Have you ever observed how opposite God's instructions are to us from the wisdom of the world? What the Lord tells us to do and how he tells us to live often runs totally counter to the advice that the world would give, even pop psychology and the messages we receive from the great motivational speakers and educational experts of our day. For instance, the world, it'll tell us to live it up, but God says exercise self-control. The world says take your revenge, but God says love your enemies. The world says be first, but God says put others before yourselves. There are so many examples we could share. Some of my favorites have to do with the contrast between Christianity and what the world thinks to be valuable. And most of the time, they're exactly the opposite. For us to be strong, the Bible tells us we have to be weak. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's exactly opposingly opposite to what the world would advise. They'd tell us to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and to make ourselves a success on our own power. But to be strong, we have to be weak. To be a receiver, for a believer, we have to first be a giver. Acts 20, 35, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. How he himself has said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus tells us that to live, now this one seems the most counterintuitive, but to live, we have to first die. Romans 8.13, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And of course, we know Jesus made very clear, he who would live in me, even though he dies, yet he shall live. And so with this in mind, it's particularly evident this opposites type of approach and philosophy and worldview. When we look at how God tells us to live for others and not for ourselves. In Philippians 3, 4, it says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Selfishness is so easy. It just is so natural to us. Self-preservation and gratification seem to be hardwired into our human makeup. In fact, self-centered thinking is powerful and controlling, and we often are blinded to the fact that we're mastered by it. We don't even notice it at times in our lives. Isn't selfishness really the root of almost all sin and ugliness? Almost all of the problems and conflicts in our lives, can't we track back to selfishness? It's why people hurt other people. It's why people take what isn't theirs. It's why people neglect those who need them. Selfishness is the virus of our humanity that brings about the awful, destructive illness of sin. Why do we and how do we defeat 
selfishness when it lurks in every shadow of our souls? Well, we have to resist it every single day. We fight it with kindness and with service. We counteract it by doing for others and intentionally, purposefully choosing to put them above ourselves. When we feel consumed with self-pity, we have to turn our emotions outward rather than inward. In other words, it must be radically intentional. We have to be choosing selflessness day by day. Jesus said that we had to decide to put others first and place ourselves last. When can we start? Right now. Today, we can choose to live out Philippians 3, 4, looking not only for our own interest, but also, also for the interests of others. How often will we need to renew our commitment to this decision? Every single day for the rest of our lives. But the good news is, is today is a great day to start. I hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless.